Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The following is a presentation of the Four Center podcast feed. From the center of the galaxy, this is the Force Center podcast feed, and this particular episode is Cues of the Force, Questions of the Force, as manifested by our wonderful listeners. I'm Joseph Scrimshaw. I'm Ken Napsuck. We got Qs, we got As, all of the Force, occasionally from the Sith, but all from you out there listening. We're here to have fun. That's right. We have so many A's. This is a literally a triple A podcast because we have our answers in response to the cues. Uh, we have Audible and Asks. So let's talk about Audible. Today's podcast is brought to you 
by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash forcecenter. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. We are continuing to recommend the High Republic book Path to Deceit by Tessa Grattan and Justina Ireland. We'll be diving into it soon, and if you want to give it a listen, you can download a free audiobook by going to audibletrial.com slash forcecenter. One more time for the magic rule of three, audibletrial.com slash forcecenter for your free audio book. One A down, two to go. Ken, do you want to talk about our current ask? I do want to talk about our ask. We are asking humbly, uh, nicely, uh, with, uh, you know, bended knee like Padme before Boss Nass for your help. Uh, we are trying to uh, grow our YouTube channel. Some cool things coming, including the new show Figure Fights, some essays. I've even pulled some elements already for some ideas I have on some essays. More are coming here. And to help us grow, uh, we are asking if you would consider heading over to the YouTube channel and give us a subscription. Press that button. Subscribe. Hit the notification bell as well. We're trying to get to 7,000 subscribers, and we're getting closer and closer every day. So that is our next big benchmark. If you want to uh, be part of the movement, if you can call it a movement, uh, we are over there on YouTube, and we would love you to consider subscribing. So there you go. That is the ask. There you go. Help us benchmark our movement. It's almost a good bumper <laughs> sticker. <laughs> uh, we've maybe had better. Anyway, we're very delighted uh, as we're recording. This is our first recording of 2023, and we are excited to dive back in. Uh, we didn't uh, ever stop recording for the holidays, and yet somehow we're still trying to get our podcasting sea legs back. So we're excited to become a little bit more stable. As you listen, we got, as always, four questions, two uh, from Twitter and two from our patrons on Patreon. We go first to Twitter and Brett Burns. Uh, Brett says, hello there. Kenobi question for you. I'm struggling with a line during the finale. Kenobi knows Vader will pursue him at all costs thanks to his lust for revenge. So separating himself is the best chance the others have for survival. Additionally, Obi-Wan knows he must confront his old apprentice, win or lose, and deal with this old wound. When Roken is informing Kenobi the shuttle is ready, he tries telling him this act of sacrifice is unnecessary. He then surmised that Kenobi wants to fight Vader for his own purpose, and it has nothing to do with the escaping families. Kenobi does not rebut this claim. Why? Can those two motivations not coexist? One struggle I'm having with an otherwise fantastic story. Thanks, and may the Force be with you. Oh, thank you, Brett, for the gift of talking about Obi-Wan Kenobi. <laughs> uh, mm. So this uh, this show, uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi, Ken, mm. has, has been uh, a wonderful gift. And for me, this tiny bit of torture that I really want to rewatch it, but I just want to, like, sit down and give it my full focus. I don't want to watch kind of one episode at a time over breakfast, get interrupted by an email. I want it to be like it's a Saturday. <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, uh, my wife is busy at work. She'd be happy to sit down with it uh, and watch it with me. But, like, I want to binge it in one big go. Uh, yeah. And I'm, and I haven't uh, uh, rewatched it except for little bits and pieces uh, for things like this. Uh, since then. But I understand that for this question, you did somewhat of a rewatch. Is that right? Just so, uh, yeah, just this episode. And I get what you're saying. I, when I saw this question and, and, and you sent it over, I actually kind of went, ah, I don't want to, I don't want to watch the episode. I want to watch all six. 
Uh, I don't want to cherry pick, but you know what? I I, I got it because I, I I might miss some details. Um, but also, and I shared on the show that uh, earlier this week, it's not the point of this question or the conversation, but I just, I had a little bit of fear of going back to watch Kenobi, Book of Boba Fett, and wondering if they'll hit me different, i.e. hit me less powerfully than I th- mm. did before because Andor's come along and I understand what a lot of people say about Andor changing the game. And I, I don't think it's a fair question to the other shows. But I, I've sometimes in the past been slightly critical on the way some of the, uh, I don't know, dialogue was written or whatever you want to, you, it's ticky-tacky stuff about uh, Mando, Kenobi, uh, whatever. Um, and I just had this like irrational fear. I, I don't want to go back and maybe learn something about those shows. Like I don't love them as much as I thought. And that's that's uh, understandable, I guess. I'm, not, I'm, I'm sure not the only ones experienced that. And I went back with this episode. I poured coffee. I had an English muffin. Watched it all. And <laughs> first of all, it's it's I mean, you had po- po- uh, pointed this out on on the show main show this week. Um, it's more grounded. Kenobi's more grounded than I think you remember or gave it credit for. Just speaking in general terms. Uh, and um, I had tears in my eyes, like streaking down my face. The emotions of the series are are very much there if you're open to it and connecting to it. So that was just the start of my journey. Then we get into this deep question. (laughs) Yeah, no, just to speak quickly to the sort of stylistic questions, you know, Mm -hmm. I I, I think we talk a lot about, you know, how quick people are to throw around good, bad. I'm stating my opinion as a fact, all those like, yep, of course it's stronger to just state your fact. And if you're a critic, it's expected. All all those discussions are all, they're all valid and important. But for me, I, I think what's so important about it is the things are approached with a different style. And to me, it isn't good or bad. Mandalorian is minimal <laughs> in, in stylistic and it's dealing with characters who are the most part not good at expressing their emotions. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, it's a style. It's supposed to be that way. It's fine if somebody says, I don't like that. And then Andor is, is like very grounded with what the characters are going through, but it is also very writerly that it's, it's a, the writers are really taking their time to pick evocative words. Those characters are speaking great prose. <laughs> mm-hmm. They're not repeating themselves. They're using enticing, exciting turns of phrase, right? And then I, to me, Kenobi lives somewhere in the middle. It's a high fantasy trapping of Jedi and Sith and all and Inquisitors and all that. Um, but it's so emotionally grounded. It's about a a tortured man who failed a child, mm-hmm. <laughs> and is is trying to find out if he can ever move forward or even wants to move forward. It is emotionally devastatingly real, and I think it's written that way. And I think Ewan McGregor plays it that way. Yeah, if I, we're not, we're not going to, this is a, uh, go too far down this path. Yes. I'll just say this. I had lunch with a good friend of mine, big star, big time Star Wars fan, uh, doesn't have a podcast. God bless him. And he's like, I, I'm like five episodes into Andor. They just don't stop talking. And, <laughs> you know, so it, it, we all have different reactions to all of the media here and that's never forgotten. Yep. Yep. I'm grateful for the, the different styles. Sometimes they land better with me. Sometimes they don't all that stuff, but let's get back to Kenobi. Uh, you rewatched uh, this episode. Uh, I I had some strong opinions. I watched uh, one or two scenes to, to verify a couple lines and, and a couple feelings, but I, I didn't do the full rewatch. Uh, do you want to take a swing at your thoughts on this question? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, there's uh, some specific asks in here um, on this question here from Brett. Uh, but I'm, I'm just going to lay down some stuff 
on the table, some facts for myself. I was, I was just like, let me, let me trace it all here. And this, uh, what's Kenobi going through? Uh, number one, he sees the people in need, the people around him from the path and that ship. He sees Leia comforting them. Uh, and what that means, he sees that. Uh, he's got the stuff going on with Broken. He tells Qui-Gon, because again, remember, doesn't think Qui-Gon's around. He thinks he's been abandoned by Qui-Gon. He can't connect with Qui-Gon. But he does tell Qui-Gon that whether he dies, meaning Vader, or I do, this ends today. It's this real f- final look. It is It is the win or loss. It is the we do or we don't. Uh, no mm-hmm. middle ground. It's, it's I, I am here to destroy or be destroyed. That's how it happens. Um, yeah, and Roken does tell him, it's, hey, it's about you and him. And I wonder, this is where I wonder, and can't wait to talk more uh, with you, Joseph, about this, especially months after the series. When Roken's telling him that, I, I, I think, I wonder if Kenobi thinks that's the reason. Like, he doesn't, he, correct, Brett's right, he does not refute it, does not rebut that claim, but I wonder if he's like, I, yeah, you, I guess you're right, I gotta go kill him. Like, that's, I, I just kind of wonder if that's where his mindset is, where that's not necessarily the right answer and not the answer he ends up on. But in that moment, it's where he sees this here. And then he's clearly playing to defeat Vader. And when he does play to defeat Vader, he fails. He's under rocks. Uh, Vader tells him as much. You failed again, man. I won again because that's the only way I look at the world. And then while Barry hears the words from the past about uh, him making Vader, the, the things he's dealing with, and then Anakin uh, only sees wins or losses. He's replaying that kind of stuff, which we already spent some time with. And then he sees the visions of Luke and Leia. And then he kind of sees where he's got to focus. And then it's not about necessarily win or loss. It is about the future leading to the ghost of Anakin removing, removing the burden from Kenobi. Not because Anakin was uh, nice in that moment, just because stuff going on. So anyways, th- that is that is a list of beats to start the conversation. But my big thing, and I'll pitch back to you, Joseph, is, I, I don't know, to Brett's question, I, I, motivations could coexist. I just don't, I think Kenobi's not in a clear, super focused headspace. Uh, he's clearer than he was at the beginning of the show. He's not in a super focused headspace about what he's about to go to. Yeah, no, I, I think you uh, you laid out uh, the tapestry, all, all, all the panels, and then it's just all about stitching them together, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, with, uh, I don't think it's a contradiction. I think it is pointing us, the audience, um, to the ambiguity of Kenobi's motivation and yeah. setting him up to wrestle with why am I doing this for real? I have to look at myself. And I think Roken is on to him, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I think that this whole why is Kenobi separating from the rest of the, the path and, you know, trying to lure Vader away? What is the absolute truth of that? It goes to this Jedi lesson that I think is is through lots of different Star Wars conflicts of the actions that you take matter, but also why you take them matters. What's in your heart, right? A Jedi totally, totally uh, calm, centered, um, laying waste uh, to a Sith Lord before the Sith Lord can strike down somebody else. That's awful that they had to take a life, but mm-hmm. it's different if they're centered and calm, certain they're doing it to defend someone. Rather than any part of their heart going, I hate this Sith Lord and I want revenge on them, right? Uh, right. Because then their soul is is corroded. So I think there's this long Jedi story of what you do matters, but also why you are truly doing it matters. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And I think the show is presenting us with a little bit of an uh, of a practical ambiguity of that it is entirely possible that Obi-Wan is right that he needs to bait Vader away from the ship. What Roken is presenting is 
we got things fixed. We can jump to hyperspace, right? That Roken's kind of presenting a, you don't need to make the sacrifice play, right? Right. Um, if if there's no ambiguity in the the path's ability to escape, if, if it's true, they can't uh, uh, escape yet and Va- and Kenobi launches, you know, the, the shuttle to draw Vader away, then it is absolutely classic, great Jedi, selfless, unavoidable act of sacrifice. I will sacrifice myself so these families can live, right? Cut and dry, yeah. But Roken's bringing it up that, okay, you might not, hey, great news. Turns out maybe you don't have to potentially sacrifice yourself for us to get away. And Kenobi's like, cool, still going to go. <laughs> still doing it. And, and that's when I think Roken accurate, accurately uh, points out, oh, you need this to be done. Yeah. You need the emotional torture that you're going through to be done. This is, this is absolutely about saving everybody else, but that's not all it's about. And I think that's why Obi-Wan doesn't re- refute it or, or rebut it, uh, because he knows he's been talking to Qui-Gon as you laid out there. It's it, Vader and me. It's got to end today. He knows that there's a part of this that's totally personal for him, not a clear centered. I'll sacrifice myself so others can live. You know, it's not, it's not Kanan at the end of rebels where yeah. if he doesn't do that, everybody dies. It's a, maybe if I don't do this, everybody dies. <laughs> right. 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 Um, so I think there is this great, uh, emotional truth once he goes down to the planet of uh, Obi-Wan does need to face uh, Vader because it's the wound that's holding him back from moving forward but yeah. that's not the way Obi-Wan is framing it when he's talking to Qui-Gon and that's what Rogan, Roken is seeing through of like right. you're not headed down there centered because you need to work through the past uh, <laughs> you have framed it as ironically an absolute a binary the this has to end death is the way for it to end i will kill vader or he will kill me but i'm going to be free of this pain and this is going to end yeah yeah uh and then he gets down to the planet and i think that's what's kind of emotionally at stake and and where all of obi-wan's emotional victories come from i think when when vader buries himself uh i mean i think that's part of what's to, to just take a half step back yeah, it's one of the reasons that for me Kenobi is an incredibly emotionally powerful show. I think it's taken a character as heroic as Kenobi, a, a, a character who never quite breaks as Kenobi, and brings him to this breaking point of he's maybe willing to die to be free of the pain. Yeah, of what happened between him and Anakin, and how he failed, and how everything he knew got wiped out. <laughs> yeah, you know, the, this Jedi part of him that need, knows he needs to stand up and defend others has come back but a sort of will to fight, to live, to grow, to change himself hasn't fully returned. And that's what he's facing. So when Vader buries him, mm. I think those voices, the first part is like, yep, you failed. You failed everybody. Just die, you useless old man, right? But then he thinks, uh, sorry, go ahead. No, and Vader, he's hearing Anakin saying, you know, you you did this. You made me Vader, basically. Yeah, you you yeah. so, you know, great. Why should you go on? This had to end one way or another. Uh, me or you it turns out it's you uh, and then he thinks about Luke and Leia and, and everything he's seen Leia do and, and accomplish and about the future and about being there for the next generation you know um, he doesn't think through all the other people he's seen be heroic but I'm sure that's that's a part of it as well right mm-hmm. uh, so his his emotional victory is no I don't want to make a sacrifice suicide play it doesn't have to be that I'll reject that part of the absolute I will keep fighting right 
uh, is basically him being willing to live, wanting to live himself. Um, and then the for the Vader part of it, you know, o- Obi-Wan sort of frees himself by ripping everything apart and seeing Anakin and just apologizing, right? Just getting to say the thing that he hasn't been able to say for 10 years of like, I'm so sorry that I failed you, you know, uh, that, that I couldn't help you from falling to the dark side. And when you did, I couldn't find a way to get through to you. And I just left you burning, you know, uh, on a lava river, you know? Uh, and then I totally agree with you. I think when, when, uh, Vader says you didn't, uh, kill Anakin Skywalker, I did. Uh, that's entirely selfish, uh, for Anakin, in my opinion. I know others disagree and that's cool. Um, but it, it, but I think it does free Obi-Wan of he apologizes and takes his own responsibility. And then he sees that he did not make Vader, mm-hmm. that Anakin chose this and is going to continue to choose this is, is for, for as long as Obi-Wan wants to stand there and fight him. Yeah. The end result is Kenobi is free. He's literally saying those words to, to Reva and himself. He's they're free. And, and you see Vader still pursuing this total victory and, and, uh, Palpatine playing that yeah that's definitely the end result yeah 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 and and I think you know for me we've talked about it before I think that those great flashbacks in uh episode five Obi-Wan trying to teach Anakin you know right before the Clone Wars break out and everything kind of falls apart that Anakin is too aggressive it's all about winning for him they are debating how how Jedi should handle themselves in combat and Anakin is saying you know mercy doesn't defeat an opponent And Obi-Wan makes this proclamation that a Jedi's goal is to defend life, not take it. And I think going into this battle, everything for him is about death. It's he dies or Vader dies. And I think Kenobi's had plenty of time to be, to think through being trapped in the cycle of violence that the Clone Wars wrought, that he was a part of when he cut down uh, Anakin on Mustafar, no matter how justified he was, uh, Mm -hmm. he's trapped in that cycle. And I think, you know, by walking away from the, the fight, walking away from the conflict, you know, he, he frees himself from this obsession and this history that the Jedi have for, you know, maybe understandable reasons that the Jedi have become about death. And for him, the Jedi are about life. Uh, walking away and, and not only can, not continuing the fight with Vader, but choosing himself will be one of, I want to live. I want to try to put this in the past and move forward you know look at luke and leia they're the future but it but i think it really is about him being like turns out i don't want to die yeah which is you know kind of a little, a little powerful to me <laughs> yeah well yeah i know and there's look there's a lot of uh nuts and bolts you look at vader's resume past and, and future we know he's going to go on to do some horrible things you know a lot of people are going to die at his hand so i think i get it's a and I don't even think this is Brett's direct question, but a lot of the conversation around this scene is, you know, other than we know he we know he doesn't kill him because they will show up in New Hope. I, I get that side of it. But just in terms of a story that's unfolding uh, to these characters as it, as it happens, you know, I, you can look at what happens to Vader. And, and I understand some of the questions around Kenobi's desire, but I, I think he's much more powerful alive much more powerful of uh, helping the future. Uh, and again, I go to where Vader is uh, uh, at the end of this. Uh, it, it is truly a cycle that he's stuck in and Kenobi breaking it um, when he enters the fight. Cause he's, he's, he's matching him. You and I've talked mm-hmm. about, he could have gone on throwing rocks forever. And the fact that Anakin wants to get back up, even with his mask shattered, the, the blade comes back up. Uh, it, it's, it's true Jedi. 
in that stuff. And you, you've talked often about how this, this show is a lot about discovering the return to the path of being a Jedi, uh, discovering what a Jedi truly is and, and means. And, and, and Kenobi lost sight of that. And, and I think I, a lot of it returns to him in that, in that rubble. Yeah. And, and I get, I get wrestling with it of, you know, is that the right choice, you know, for the galaxy? Should Obi-Wan have, you know, cut him down? And I think what Obi-Wan is saying in that moment is, I can't do this, you know, because this is a person who, who meant something to me. I, it, it destroyed me for 10 years that I cut him down before. Maybe he needs to be stopped someday. Maybe even I'll do it in the future, but not me and not today. And I think if you look at that, a Jedi's goal is to defend life, not, not take it. He went down to that planet, at least partially as we're discussing this question to make sure that everybody could survive. Um, that Vader would be, pulled away and followed him which did uh work he Mm. defended life he saved people from vader today and he's not going to be about taking life today yeah and 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 again apologies to all those on alderaan on the test (laughs) uh uh, truly but yeah uh he kills vader in this fight kills him right done palpatine's still around Luke, uh, Luke is still uh, out there. Leia is still out there, and, and and you need Vader. You need Anakin redeemed in the end. That's also part of where this ends up. You need, and Luke is the one. It's not unlike some of the stuff we see with Luke later on with Kylo. To me, same spirit. Of it's not necessarily me. It's someone else's there. A lot of this is about Anakin's choices and Vader's choices. And there's not much. I think. I think there's some philosophy in here, and there's some lessons in here of 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 Kenobi realizing none of this was me. It is him. It's his responsibility, and I can only uh, take care of myself and take care of others around me and protect life, like you said, uh, tying into that big philosophy. Yeah, and I, and I think it does raise, uh, you know, lots of uh, questions with Kenobi's uh, perspective when he talks to Luke in in Return of the Jedi. If, uh, if Force Spirit Kenobi, which we're going to talk about uh, a little bit later, <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. we got some Kenobi bookends on this episode of uh, Cues of the Force. If uh, if Kenobi is hoping that Luke will find humanity in Vader or if he truly believes like, look, I've been watching Vader for a long time. He's not Anakin. It's it's all gone. And so yeah. his legitimate perspective is for you, Luke, he's just another Sith Lord. You know, mm-hmm. um, I think it does open up lots of questions about how do you uh, how do you frame Kenobi's perspective in Return of the Jedi with Kenobi's uh, perspective and choices in the end of this show. But for me, that's why I really focus on like, in order for Obi-Wan to move forward, this conflict can't be about death. Mm-hmm. In this moment, right now, he defended life. He stopped Vader from hurting people in this moment. And if he kept fighting Vader, it would just be caught in the same cycle that led to the rise of the Sith for him in that moment. And that is ultimately what Luke finds too, right? Of yeah. a, a way free from, from the cycle of, of violence. Yeah, and I think it's always important. Uh, this is a great question, Brett, to to dig into it. It's all you, you talk about the why. I think um, there was a, a photo going around uh, earlier this week, last weekend, of, of of a great, wonderful, powerful misreading of Luke in the Last Jedi and Tom Cruise in Top Gun. Uh, it was a wonderful thing. But comparing the two, it's just like I think a lot of people don't factor in what the true um, goals or end game for Jedi are or should be, right? Mm-hmm. A lot of what had to happen in the Clone Wars for them to analyze, well, what are we doing? What is our why? And I think it's also, uh, it's okay to have that challenged constantly <laughs> and constantly be reaffirmed. And I think a lot of the Jedi, uh, you know, are constantly um, not just relearning, but rediscovering, hey, this is why we fight. 
Yeah, exactly. So I think a short answer, now that we've had a long answer to Brett's question, is, you know, I think that Roken line is there uh, to raise this this truth that there's a possibility Obi-Wan needs to uh, face Vader. He certainly needs to draw Vader, you know, away from the ship if they can't get away. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think Roken is perceiving accurately that Kenobi has his mindset on I must face Vader, but it's a dark you know, uh, absolutism version of it. And through the fight, he awakens into his, his true need to face Vader is to process his own pain so he can move on from it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, this whole sequence is, it, it just moved me. It, it is, uh, it is, uh, therapeutic. In a lot of yeah. Ways. No, I mean, I got, I got a lot out of that final episode and, and I can't wait to rewatch the, the whole series. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, shall we move on to our next question? I suppose we should. I guess we'll pull ourselves away from Kenobi talk. Uh, This comes to us from Daniel Mormack. Daniel also says, hello there. So maybe it's the holidays and all the family, but it occurred to me that in the saga, the Sith targeted two demographics. (laughs) (laughs) Young, impressionable boys who think they are men, and then an old man in Dooku. Do you think the Sith focused on those two demographics? Uh, You have discussed your own growth and maturation, and on the Dooku side, have we not all had an older figure who felt things used to be better, etc.? Someone mm-hmm. who could be sold on a future with them at the center. Just feels like two weak spots the Sith went for. I'm not as good on the animated books uh, side, but I uh, believe Ventress has a similar background. Um, this is a great question, I think. I think Ventress is a, is a little bit more complicated because of her, her kind of complex backstory of, you know, mm-hmm. uh, being found by a Jedi Master, losing that Jedi Master. It's some of that pain that I think uh, Dooku taps into. Um, so uh, I think there are def- definitely some similarities, but I think a little bit of differences as well. I want to dive deep into this, Ken, but I also just love the idea that... Uh, that like uh, the Sith would have like some uh, focus branding on which demographics. It's, so, it, it's uh, really hilarious and a and a fun uh, uh, British office kind of way. Yeah, um, I need an old angry man and a young angry man, and I can turn either of them to a Sith. Yeah, yeah, but hey, and there there's the truth, right? Both demos uh, are lost with, with a feeling of of no place and and fear driving both of those, both struggling with change and had to affect maybe positive change for a character like Tuku. It is maybe wanting to keep yourself like, like Daniel said in the center of the change for some of the, the, the angry young souls. It is being faced with the idea that uh, you have no place uh, in the future. And, and the one way to control that is, is power, power, uh, having every angle of it, uh, fear of change, fear of growth, fear, fear of the new normal, fear of the great other. You have power. You destroy all that. You control it. You you are secure. You don't have to worry about anyone else. And and that always starts small. Uh, and, and I always say, you know, you, you you know, we can go through the the beats of these characters' lives, including Ventress and, and Maul, and you can find some understanding of where they're coming from. And it's oh, about yeah. their choices. We we love the the story of Dooku's infinitely fascinating to me just goes on and on and on with the possibilities of where he went wrong where did it start to go wrong when did rot set in when did fear take over uh because he never truly had power but he certainly felt like it and he's always been based in that so it's fascinating to see where it starts and where it goes yeah no i totally agree and i think it's a great observation uh from daniel that it's mostly uh younger uh, mm-hmm. Kids, uh, boys in the uh, in the actual Star Wars films, uh, women in lots of other media as well, but younger, 
or uh, Dooku <laughs> messing up the age curve of the of the Sith. Uh, I think the Sith would target anyone uh, of any age. I agree with you that it is about fear, but I think there are sort of lessons, ideas, rhythms with the real world that you can perceive in in angry young people and in angry old people that you're really pulling out uh, super well, Ken. I think the, the Sith idea of get them while they're young, vulnerable, in pain, and don't know how to handle it or drive a wedge between them and the mentors that they could go to to handle their pain. I think that's what's happening to Anakin. That's what happens to Ben Solo. Um, poor Maul really never had a chance since he was just raised yeah. as an infant <laughs> to be yeah. a weapon. I think that is what happens to Ventress, you know, the, her whole backstory of uh, ending up uh, kind of the apprentice of uh, Kai Narek, uh, mm. Kai being murdered and then her losing it and, and slaughtering the people who murdered him uh, and Dooku being like, yeah, see, that yeah, all yeah. those all those lies that the Jedi told you about, you know, the peace and power. And they went, look, he left you and you did the right thing. You slaughtered those who who took him because it's all about power. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I do I continue to love dark side stories because it it isn't a shock that we relate to them, that they're in pain. Often, you know, yeah. they're justified in their anger, right? Yeah. as we so often are justified in our anger. Uh, but then how do we, how do we handle it? You know, mm-hmm. what do we choose to do with that anger? That's what the, the Sith and the dark side are about to me. Yeah. And, and you play it against the light side, look at someone like Dooku. Uh, there's no uh, desire for generational change. There's no desire for bringing up what's behind. He has some great questions to start. He, he's looking around and going, a lot of this isn't right, but then mm-hmm. kind of his way. And how many times do we see that play out? In generations, I keep talking about some of the stuff going back to the 60s and the 70s. And you're like, we're still fighting over the same stuff. But now the people that were fighting it are in control. How did that happen? And I think it is just power, comfort, fear, um, and and the inability to uh, truly uh, accept change. Uh, it's this thing. And Dooku is like that to me. It's just it's going to be it's going to repeat. Um He's he's now he's now the problem. He's now part of what he used to be fighting in in a weird way. Um, mm-hmm. That's from his angle. Yeah, from the other side, um, I think the Nile. Even though it's not direct to what uh, Daniel's talking about, the Nile is one of my favorite things in the High Republic. There's this large group of disenfranchised people that have probably some good reasons to have those feelings. Probably mm-hmm. have some experiences that make that very real. But then you, they get whipped up that fear and that hey, you know how you control this? You take the power. And look what happens and what's going on there. It's some of my favorite uh, storytelling around the Nile. Because I was so dubious about that. Ah, space pirates. Sure. Whatever. Whatever. And uh, it floored me with how real. Uh, and I think it falls into this, into at least the young demo that Daniel's talking about. Right. That, it, that it's everything is about uh, power. And if anybody claims any of this unity stuff and <laughs> working together, uh, they're just lying so they can get one up on you. Right. Yeah. So if every if everybody is uh, fighting for power, why not be the most vicious to fight for power? Yeah, yeah. I, I love the perspective with Dooku because of the different age, right? And yeah. I'd love to see some older Jedi falling to the Sith because I think there is a difference between you're taking your first steps in the world, you've been hurt a lot, and right on the kind of your your cusp of becoming an adult. Uh, and stepping out on your own, you're convinced uh, by you know, manipulators, dark side manipulators to go this other way. That's a really interesting story. But this idea that you have had, you have allegedly had power, you know, your whole life. And, and you're told you're supposed to have power 
but you don't feel like you really do have power. That is kind of a different a, a different side of of fear, right? Yeah. We saw it a little bit for older Jedi. I don't. I have no idea uh, what Pong Krell's age is. Yeah, um, I've seen Pong Krell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it really is right. He had these visions, right? That the Jedi are going to fall, you know, and because they're not do they're not being aggressive enough. They're not using their power, the true power. Of this other side and he's going to side with it so he can survive right it, it is a sort yeah. of a, a desperation of of losing power um and duke this has always been dooku's story but it was fleshed out really well in modern canon with the tales of the jedi this idea that jedi have great power and he's seeing all these injustices in the galaxy and he's being told not to use that power and i think it's really meaningful that there are various scenes where uh you know, people insult the Jedi by just calling them the Senate's lapdogs and they, they can't yeah. do anything. And every time Dooku does start to use his power, somebody tells him not to. Qui-Gon, Mace, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, so this idea, you know, Dooku's story in some ways almost reminds me of uh, of Walter White from Breaking Bad. Of mm-hmm. y- You've gotten to a sort of a, an older age, uh, at least middle age, and you've been told your whole life that these are the trappings of who you're supposed to be. You're supposed to have this great power mm. in, in, you know, Walter White, one can argue starts out like he's got to make money for his family before he dies of cancer. Uh, but then he becomes obsessed with power, the power that society has always told him he should have, that that is what is, will make him mm, a man. That's what make will make him masculine. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's, I don't think it's is gendered uh, with Dooku, but it is a little bit more about this sort of like, I, I'm a count. <laughs> mm-hmm. I was supposed to be born into power, but then I had this different power as a Jedi, but then I don't use it. And I think it really does start to tap into, you know, that uh, uh, my identity is somebody who has power, but I don't feel like I have power. So what am I going to be willing to do to, to get yeah. to feel like I have that power I'm allegedly supposed to have? Mm. Yeah. It's yeah. This is why I would love uh, some content uh, one one day on on the Lost Twenty, just tracking mm. that eye and not all our Sith and da, 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 yeah, I know, but just uh, the relationship to where they felt they were at the time. Yeah, and why they walked away from the Jedi, and you know, yeah, was it is are some of them a more healthy version of Dooku of like uh, I yeah. I don't agree with some of these philosophies anymore. I want to be more proactive when I help people. Um, so I'm going to walk away, and you know, going to help people. Uh, in a more direct way than the Jedi are allowing right now. Indeed. Yeah. Uh, but I, I, I think you're thinking of the same thing with a similar thing with, with older people. It is also kind of funny to me, like, you know, uh, taste or taste and that's fine. But, you know, it's such a common thing to be like, Saturday Night Live isn't good anymore. Music isn't good anymore. It just yeah. so happened. Movies aren't good anymore. It just so happens. Those things were all good when I was about 14. <laughs> but they're all bad now. Uh, understandable to love the things that you grew up with, right? Uh, yeah. But that that is kind of a fascinating angle to, could, could somebody in the mythic storytelling of Star Wars be sort of turned to the dark side entirely by the, the, galaxy has changed around you and you don't like it <laughs> yeah god it's, you make me laugh because one of my pet peeves is is the music conversation uh i had no good music uh, these days nuts to that you're wrong you're absolutely wrong you're just not it, it's not all for you <laughs> and and that's yeah. the big thing you have to accept it's not all for you and uh yeah and that could lead to uh, in my day i was a count with power 
<laughs> yeah, a lot of a lot of deeper things about you know older people having a, a fear of being replaced. You know, yeah. not wanting to make kind of the small adjustments that you know mm-hmm. of uh, time and clarity and other voices and, and all those things. But it is really. It, it is funny to imagine Dooku being like, you know, the Jedi have failed the galaxy. They aren't truly helping people. It's awful. But the only way to do it is to rip the galaxy apart and remake it. And also that modern jizz wailing music. Garbage. <laughs> I don't like that Taylor Swift. <laughs> yes. Yes. Mad about me is no form of music. <laughs> Love it. Yeah, great question, Daniel. Uh, Thank you for letting us ruminate on the different demographic paths to the dark side. Uh, With that, we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be back with our questions from our patrons on Patreon back in a moment. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. 
What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. And we are back to continue cues of the force. We have two questions from our patrons on Patreon. We go first to Brian Babcock. Brian says, hello, Joseph and Ken. With the return of Bad Batch on the horizon, I've been reminded of something I've never had a clear answer on. First, how long does a clone take to grow to full maturity? Second, does the growth acceleration in the clones rapidly age them until full maturity, and they age normally from that point? Uh, Timwera Morrison was around 40 when Attack of the Clones came out, so would Rex, for example, rapidly age to 40 and then age normally, making him around 60 in Rebels? Or do they continue to age rapidly for their entire lives? I've always assumed the former, but I've seen a lot of people think the latter. Is Partagas once said, thesis please thanks and may the force be with you uh thanks brian uh for this fun question as always sometimes we are a little behind on our questions because we kind of try to take them as they come uh and uh we're releasing this episode after uh we've released our bad batch episode right ken that's right that's right indeed Uh, so so the future is here as we are recording this Mm, indeed it is uh so i i did a little bit of digging on this one ken uh but what were your thoughts I dug. I, I did some digging as well. I dug. I, I thought we should just maybe at one point we should just call Alex Damon. I got with the road. I can call him. Here. <laughs> um, yeah, I th- you and I probably stumbled on some of the same kind of just information because you know it's one of the things I, I admit I, I don't spend a lot of time on this. Um, and I know I know people do. This is a, so this is a great question, Brian, because it forces uh, forces me to dig into the nuts and bolts uh, and and how we're looking at uh, f- further genetic tampering caused FETS clones to grow at twice the rate of the human species, making them ready for deployment in a decade's time. Did you, I, I'm sure you went to that fact as well. Yeah, and I think that is sort of there in Attack of the Clones. I, I did look on the Wikipedia page, but it's so long for clone troopers. <laughs> <It's a> long <laughs> yeah. Understandably, as it should be. But I was like, I think I remember, you know, some of that Attack of the Clones dialogue just directly when Kenobi mm-hmm. is being shown uh, the clones. And I was trying to remember, like, how much, how many numbers are attached to it? Um, so... Uh, my big picture understanding is that the growth acceleration is to get them to fighting age quickly. Personally, I think it stops when they're about 20. Um, mm-hmm. So in that attack, the clone scene, uh, when uh, Lamasu and, and uh, Tanwi are showing them, showing Kenobi, the clones, there's the shot of, you know, Daniel Logan, you know, roughly 10 ish years old. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Lamasu says this, this group was created five years ago. Right. Right. Um, so, that would put the ones who are 10 years old at about 20 fighting age. Right. Um, So my thought is that they are aged, uh, you know, two times (laughs) double speed (laughs) uh, until 20 and then they age normally. And then we can get into how weird aging is in star Wars. And if, (laughs) yeah, if uh, Rex and and clone gang and the rebels look (laughs) like the age they should be, I think I want to get into that, but but, uh, let's put a pin in that. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I have, I have a lot of pins in that one there too. Yeah, no, that, yeah, the, I think your numbers are right, and I, I, yeah, it's one of those things where I think maybe I have just kind of thought that and not, 
realized I've thought that, that yeah, they zoom up to 20 and then they, they hold steady. I don't know how, I don't know the science behind that. I don't know if there's some, uh, you know, clone pills you take and then you stop taking or something <laughs> after a certain time. I don't know, but I think I've always gone that way. Uh, I think, and I think I still agree with that, but I, I'm not sure because of some of the stuff we might talk about, but that does that. One of the reasons that seems smart is, and this is where I was going to get to um, with this issue of, you know, what to do with, uh, you know, geriatric clones, if that's the, the phrase you want to go with there. It wasn't, a, it, that would, that would have to be on the minds of, of those in charge. Right. Um, mm-hmm. And you know, now the Republic kind of inherited this plan. Right? Mm-hmm. What we have clones now, but Dooku or Palpatine, I don't think they'd give a damn, but if, if, if they're bred for war and then, you know, they're going to age up so fast that they're going to be off the, they're going to die out if they're not killed by the war just shows that you wouldn't care. Right. Which is part of the clone struggle for identity. Mm-hmm. They might have a bunch of people around them. that just didn't care that they were bred to number one, be for war two to age fast and maybe die quicker that, 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 you know, but so at some point you might have to deal with it. If you're the Republic, great. Look, what, look what we got. Uh, we got a million clones. Oh, now we have to worry about the logistics. Now we have to worry about them as individuals, as beings on the in this galaxy. It, it, it can get deep pretty fast. Oh yeah, it gets very deep, very fast. But uh, I think for me, the, the it's uh, it's it's space fantasy, right? Like yeah. uh, George Lucas could have said that they you know age one year normally and then they skip a year. <laughs> <laughs> they yeah. have no even years like it, it it's fantasy right so like the science of how do they have double aging up until 20 and then they stop is because george lucas wrote it down and tie fighters make noise in space like yeah. for me yeah. it's 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 making up a science in a fantastic world so the the as far as i'm concerned once the rules get established right mm-hmm. uh, then i want a little bit of consistency but when we're just making up cloning science make up whatever the hell we want yeah. and yeah, so yeah. that so I'm not at all troubled by the idea that they age double time until 20 and then age normally. And the reason that that makes sense to me is that uh, Palpatine, it makes sense to rush them to be war ready, right? Yes. Uh, but then once they're war ready, why would you want them aging fast? Like right. Palpatine yeah. doesn't care about their souls and they are lambs for the slaughter in the Clone Wars up to a point. But at the end of the day, he wants solid clones for Order 66 to turn on the Jedi, right? Mm-hmm. Why would he want them to be like, if the Clone Wars rages uh, five years, <laughs> yeah. these guys are all pushing 30, uh, their backs are cracking, their eyesight's going when they're trying to take down the Jedi for me? No. no. I'm in solid shape as possible. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's a part of that, the Palpatine logistics. If I need new uniforms for the Empire, I need clones at last. <laughs> Needs it all. Yeah, and and I couldn't find anything that verifies anything beyond uh, that they age double up until they're war ready, which I would interpret it to be as around, around 20 years old since that tracks with the timeline yeah, yeah. of, you know, 10 years from the order to when the, the placing the order to when the clones first march onto the battlefield in Geonosis. Hmm. Yeah. And I wonder too, I mean, you know, could there be differences? We've seen some, you know, a bad batch of clones, mm-hmm. uh, clone 99. We've seen Leo. So, so, you know, did, 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 does uh, some of the effects hit them differently? I don't know. That's something to ask the, the, uh, those on Camino, but, uh, we don't get yeah. to. Thanks Empire. Well, yeah, let's, let's take some pins out of the weird aging in Star mm-hmm. Wars in general. Right. So, uh, when you're looking at the age of Rex, uh, Wolf, Gregor in mm-hmm. Rebels, uh, for you, is it 
is it tracking that they are aging normally? Or do you look at them and go, no, they're aging double. <laughs> See, that's the thing is I think they're aging a little faster, right? Like, uh, what do we, what would that be? That would be, well, they said you have 40, Rex, for example, rapidly aged to 40 around that time. So, yeah, it, it, you know, look, I'm facing, I'm staring down the barrel of an all white beard probably at the end of this year. So, you know, I don't feel uh, that old, but uh, I guess it's the case. Uh, and, and, and taking the, the ageist jokes about Tim Morrison aside, and I saw a lot of horrible ones out there, mm-hmm. um, Boba Fett is certainly, he does not look the age that uh, the clone of Jenga would be just on numbers alone. And I think it's hard to track. Mm-hmm. And then you got, you know, Bo-Katan and her genes. She's all, she, Fennec Shan, they're all, they're, they're, they're doing great. <laughs> they're doing great. Yeah. I think this is the reason I, 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 uh, Rex and Wolf and Gregor in Rebels should be in their forties, right? Um, yeah. yes. And they look like a rough 40. And uh, so rough 40, yeah. a rough 40. So I, I get why people would look at that and go, come on, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. uh, they're still aging fast. But for me, uh, Star Wars has plenty of uh, differences in aging, right? They, it's fun to joke about, but yeah, the the, the meetup between uh, Obi-Wan and Bo-Katan, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> if yeah. possible, it'd be like, wow, Obi-Wan. And Bo-Katan <laughs> has not changed a day, even years after Obi-Wan has gone from this mortal plane. And Obi-Wan is like, uh, ancient, long time ago. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, um, there's differences. And I, I think there's been mentions in canon about Tatooine is hard on people. You know, I think there is uh, a a rotation on one planet is not as long as it is on another one. Are people affected by that? Are they affected by the amount of space travel? I just think there's lots of fun fantasy reasons in fantasy science reasons that people in Star Wars would age massively differently. Um, and then, and then you throw into that that you know some of us here on planet Earth age better than others. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, skincare routine, friends. That's all I'll say. That's where I go. Um, yeah, well, jump into hyperspace. Oh, you know the effects of that. I'd love to see yeah. that. How many times do you do that or don't do that or do you react differently to that? Yeah, we got the great blood burn disease that blood some burn. people are affected by it. Right, that it comes in from the books. Um, yeah, and it, I mean, look, I I think I think Bo Katan's doing a two hour workout every day of her life. Like she's staying healthy. Like that's that's a part of it. Um, yes. But I, so I think I I think Rex Wolf and Gregor are just aging normally in Rebels is is my opinion. They're also living out and about uh, on a rough planet, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. under the sun there. Um, but my real here's my big takeaway, Ken. Okay, the clones are all uh, clones of, of Jango Fett's DNA. Uh, Boba yeah. Fett is an unaltered clone of Jango Fett. Right. Uh, the, the clones are kind of in their, in their forties. Boba's round in his forties in the book of Boba Fett. Jango mm. uh, Fett might have been the greatest bounty hunter of his time, but I just think those genes just age rough. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> I just there think, you, you know, the, 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 the the genes, yeah. they uh, they burn fast, burn hard. <laughs> <laughs> burn fast, burn hard. The uh, story, yeah. Exactly. Maybe burn out a little bit and then, you know, throw it on top of it that these people have had rough lives and rough environments. I mean, they, not to, to take it to sad real world stuff, but you ever see those photos of like World War One soldiers beginning and at the end of the war, the aging they go through, the clones? Mm-hmm. Do that. Absolutely. Yeah. 
Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, that that's my big picture thought, that they, they age to about 20 normal, and then most of them just have real <laughs> rough lives. Yes. Look, the clones should have been made from Fennec Shan, with Ming-Na Wen being 59 years old in real life. Ooh. Clone her. Clone Fennec Shan, and you're yeah. run forever. Please, that is gosh, she's amazing on so many levels. Uh, it's 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 and and, and age, you know, as, as you and I both get older, age it, the not that number is a weird thing, and mm-hmm. it's all it's truly about what's in your heart. I really believe that the more I get older, and my heart is uh, it's a grumpy, broken one. So we'll uh, we'll see, we'll see her come. Yeah, no, no, I mean, I think it is, you know, especially uh, with like social media to connect us to people we've known our whole lives, you know, and mm-hmm. there's sometimes people that you know I've known since I was a teen, and like. Yeah, you got a couple more wrinkles. And there's other people like, you look like Santa Claus. How how are we all the same age? We just, yeah. we age differently. Yeah, absolutely. Age is a weird thing. And then you look yeah. at a picture of George Martin producing Sergeant Pepper and you realize, oh, he's, I'm already 10 years older than him at that point. <laughs> oh, a dangerous game. The Beatles, <laughs> yeah, the uh, my friend posted the other day, remember, the Beatles did everything they did in eight years. Anyway, I'm like, eh, all right, all right. <laughs> Uh, great question. Oh man, the clones. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we're going to move on to our final question from patron Justin Jacobson. Uh, Justin says, "Hello there, Four Center. We got three out of four. Hello there, greetings. Uh, hello there, Four Center. I recently encountered the fan theory that Uncle Owen and Aunt Brew met their fates at the hands of Boba Fett instead of stormtroopers, mm-hmm. and it le- has left me with questions." Did Jabba know that these moisture farmers were badasses that fought off an Inquisitor and send his best bounty hunter right away? Or did he find it the hard way sending lower tier goons to do the job only to realize that the hatless, sun-hardened people of Tatooine (laughs) are made of sterner stuff? Uh, This is great. We haven't discussed this one in a while. Uh, This is, uh, you know, one of those older fan theories. Yeah. um, That is, I think, maybe pre-internet even is a fan theory. Yeah, it is certainly yeah. uh, certainly uh, early internet, and I, I, I like where Justin's coming from. Of if it was Boba Fett, was he hired by the Empire to wipe out uh, the Lars Homestead? Was he hired uh, by the Empire through the proxy of Jabba? <laughs> Did yeah. Jabba just send a bunch of uh, Clatuinians? <laughs> yeah, yeah, and then go all right, all right, Boba Fett, you you go take him out. Uh, so uh, I, I want to start with just your relationship to this fan theory and when you first heard it. Yeah, Justin, this is uh, this is great. <clears throat> uh, so no no fingers pointing at you here, but I I just love when something old becomes new again, right? Mm-hmm. When it, it's like, and I don't I don't I presume to know the the generation that Justin is in as a fan, but it's like going to the Beatles again. One of the reasons Beatles have staying power is every generation discovers them organically, truthfully. Like you look at that, like it's yes, they're part of the pop culture, but the love of them, if you end up loving that band, is probably because at 12 you heard some a song and you love it. Like it's just mm-hmm. it's I love the 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 cycle that goes on. And so it is with Star Wars theories. Uh this is definitely an older one. And I always I think it's a great one. I think it's a fun one. I remember upon first, I can't remember exactly when I heard it, but I just remember thinking, oh that's it. That's the answer. Oh my mm-hmm. God. That's that's the one. Uh, it ties to the empire thing. Oh, disintegrations. Uh, it, it all makes some sense, which is why it's such, why theories are fun. Um, uh, whether or not they connect thematically and or, or, or hold water after that, uh, it's fun. So I've always enjoyed this one. I'll start there. Uh, and talking about uh, aging, we got uh, Owen and Brew here as well. Yeah, yeah, no. <laughs> the, the, yeah, 
I don't think they were clones who were uh, set to, uh, you know, double age. Uh, that was just life under them, Tatooine sons. Mm-hmm. Yeah, th- this theory to me is so connected to the general time I first heard it, which was, you know, 96, 97, yeah. somewhere yeah. in there. And I think for me, it was one of those ones that uh, the people that I had to talk to about stars at the time were like, yes, perfect. Finally, the pieces fit together. And those specific pieces were, you know, uh, the generation that had grown up with the original trilogy and a generation that in general uh, uh, tended towards snark and poking holes in things. Yeah. Um, you know, I remember making jokes myself about Obi-Wan Kenobi saying, you know, only only Imperial stormtroopers are this precise. And then they never heard it hit another damn thing. Uh, there was such a, a growing consensus of the stormtroopers are not actually threatening enough. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So how did they do whatever they did? <laughs> the smoking skeletons of Owen and Beru. And then you pair that with the fact of you, you got Boba Fett doing lots of cool things in comic books and in, you know, EU books. But uh, Boba Fett had been sold to a generation of children of having a flamethrower, his original card uh, for the, the Kenner figure. Uh, it's, you know, a, a painting of Boba Fett. Uh, his flames are a painting and, and it looks like he's painting the side of like a van in the 70s with some airbrushing. Yeah, these yes. airbrushed flames shooting from him. We were sold a Boba Fett who is, you know, constantly using his flamethrower. So I think it was kind of taking these these obsessions of the specific Star Wars era and combining them. If the stormtroopers aren't that scary and Boba Fett has a flamethrower, of course he burned them. Of course, it's so funny when you say the era too. This is such a, uh, and I don't know the, I don't know the facts on on the actual Mm-mm. dates when this emer- when this theory emerged. It's such a power of the force two theory to me. It's exactly that era. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I think it's, uh, and I think you know the the presence of uh, flame troopers certainly in the first order, but also you know popping up another you know in, in, mm-hmm. like the incinerator trooper in Mandalorian, you know, like that. Yeah, yeah. Like look that that. That's probably what's going on. Uh, but how do you feel about this idea that if uh, the stormtroopers had, you know, called Jabba and said, can you <laughs> can you hire some people to take care of this? Uh, how do you how do you feel that would have gone? Uh, I, I think uh, I think Boba Fett uh, absolutely would have been the one. I think the, I think uh, hiring local. It's like when you, you land, I used to have to hire local cameramen for at conventions for screen junkies. You know, okay. we got to get someone local. That's good. That knows the lay of the land here. <laughs> uh, it all, all kind of makes sense for me from that aspect of it there. Uh, and as far as Jabba, I do like that Jabba's lower tier goons just get, they just get wiped out. This lady with a space shotgun and this grumpy guy with a bum <laughs> knee just keep taking out my guys. Boba, get over here. They got all these defenses. They got these perimeter mm-hmm. alert, perimeter mm-hmm. alerts, yep. all sorts of stuff. Yeah. So yeah. I think if Jabba ever did, did decide to take on uh, Owen and Brew, he, he would have had to send the best. I think they might have made a fool out of Dengar. I think Dengar would get out alive, but maybe feeling <laughs> they, foolish. They, they would invite Dengar in for like dinner and some blue milk and get him blue milk drunk. And then Dengar <laughs> stumbles back into the, 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 the palace. Yeah. Yeah. And I think this is what's so great is these are sort of two fan theories of two different eras yeah. meeting, right? We, when we were growing up and it was just the original trilogy, you know, Owen and Beru were like, yeah, they're not, they're not fighters. There was, it wasn't a fan theory of, did they put up a fight? Yeah. <laughs> were they too much trouble for the stormtroopers? That wasn't a fan theory. Now we've been shown this other side of them, which is so great in the Kenobi show. So 
now I do have the headcanon that, you know, the stormtroopers tracked the droids there. And I think some stormtroopers got taken out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I think the stormtroopers uh, had to call in the uh, flame troopers or incinerator troopers to, to smoke poor Owen and brew out. Mm, I like that. I like that vision. Yeah. Yeah. Any final thoughts on this one? Uh, there are some answers, uh, but it's what we now kind of consider canon adjacent, question mark. Mm. Uh, a certain point of view, a New Hope book, Paul oh. Dean's story, Added Muscle, uh, has Fett finding their bodies uh, after, uh, but he had joined the hunt for the droids to get back into some good graces. And there's some talk. I think that he may have uh, fried, he may have crisped some rebel spies on Coruscant. Uh, prof, prompting uh, prompting Vader to say that line in Empire. Uh, again, the from a certain point of view, stories uh, are wonderful fun, but they're to be considered with the uh, you know put some gloves on and when you're handling them. In terms. <laughs> uh, but it's a great story. Yeah, I forgot that he went and, and saw them. Yeah, 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 yeah. Awesome. Thank you for uh, that canon adjacent clarification. Uh, so those are our questions, but we do have a power of the light side entry. We put this up for uh, patrons to share a part of Star Wars that they love, a little detail, something fun, something deep and meaningful, whatever it is that makes you enjoy Star Wars. Uh, I think we are running low. So if you want to, uh, if you're a patron and you want to post, just go to the post page, scroll down and uh, find that uh, request for submissions if you would like. If not, no problem. Here's our power of the light side for today. It comes for us from Annalie. Annalie says, this is only tangentially related, but since it is uh, the season, uh, this came to us during the holiday season. Uh, Annalie says, I'm doing my yearly listen to a Christmas carol. And thanks to the old schmoes no debate about force ghosts that Ken occasionally references, hmm. uh, this passage always gives me a chuckle. Can you sit down? Asked Scrooge, looking doubtfully at Marley's ghost. I can. Do it then, Scrooge asked the question because he didn't know whether a ghost so transparent might find himself in a condition to take a chair and felt that, in the event of it being impossible, it might involve the necessity of an embarrassing explanation. <laughs> but the ghost sat down on the opposite side of the fireplace as if he were quite used to it. <laughs> uh, so, Ken, can you give the, the context of, uh, of what's being referenced here with that old uh, Schmoes No debate? Yeah, it came up, our, our old engineer, interned, intern turned engineer, Josh Tapia, JTE, a lot of you know, know him as, uh, he's the one who, on air for, and he said this, he had said this first to me in a car ride. Uh, and I remember laughing about it. And it is funny, but he, yeah, he's like, you know, what's it? Kenobi's ghost sit. It's he sits. It's a ghost sit. And like ghost sit kind of became the term we used over and over again. And it was fun. I think eventually I got grumpy with it because it was undercutting a lot of the themes of Return of the Jedi, <laughs> which is a, kind of my general problem with movie discussion stuff now and content creators in that world now. Uh, you go for the snark, you miss the the poignancy and the purpose. Uh, but it was a, it was hilarious. It was a great running joke for a long time. Uh, and, it, and and by the way, going you're talking about theories and uh, uh, did Fett uh, fry Uncle Owen and Peru? I'd never really thought about that till I heard the theory. I never the reason when JT told me in the car ride, I laughed because I'd never thought about it. I never it never stood out to me weird that Kenobi sat down. I just assumed, yeah. It's Alec Guinness. He'd want to sit down. <laughs> like, <laughs> why wouldn't he? You know? So uh, it's hilarious. And it also is a reminder of uh, Star Wars can be fun and silly. And don't for, don't be afraid to have fun with it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and it is a, a fun spirit of, uh, of, of JTE there. I remember mm -hmm. uh, when I started doing uh, guest bits on Jedi Alliance. 
Mm -hmm. uh, sometimes he wouldn't tech them. We'd be in this studio and he'd sit and he'd watch about half the show. Nobody else in the studio. We're, we're talking to the cameras, right? And then about halfway through, get up. And I was like, wow, this guy either really likes Star Wars and wants to hear these conversations. And, and we always piss him off about halfway through. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. And then eventually learned, he's like, yeah, no, I, I, I watch until it's time for me to get on the bus. <laughs> yeah. 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 He is, uh, he is a unique individual. He's a character. He's a character. But yeah, it was a fun joke and it's the hashtag go sit will still pop up in, in yep. general uh, Star Wars uh, discussions, Force Center discussions. Yeah. Love this find from uh, A Christmas Carol. And for me, it, it gets into a, a little of, of the actual depth of that scene with with Obi-Wan, right? Mm -hmm, what mm -hmm. What's going on here is Scrooge is his, his power is being taken away by these ghosts in some ways. Not, I guess not taken away, but, but matched, right? Scrooge's mm -hmm. uh, power is entirely based on money and fear and he can bark orders and control everybody. And then here's a kind of a, a power that is trying to teach him something, trying to get him to question himself. And here old Scrooge is hoping that the ghost can't sit in a chair and will have to explain why. It's a total power <laughs> dynamic here. Like, I hope this ghost can't sit in a chair. And then this ghost that I don't want to have to listen to, I can kind of have this little petty mm -hmm. uh, thing over him that you're not good at sitting, right? Yeah. Uh, so to me, there's this great connection of, uh, I get the joke of it and it is really funny to think about. Like we think about ghosts as these ethereal things that float, you know? Uh, so yeah, is is, is Obi-Wan feeling that bark mm -hmm. <laughs> on his Jedi backside? Is It's funny. But to me, the point of a force spirit, the reason they exist is to commune with the living and mm. to help them, right? Yeah. So there's this kind of connection where Scrooge is, is this, this, the ghost, uh, you know, is trying to connect with Scrooge and Scrooge is kind of hoping they can't. Yeah. Uh, and the, the spirit of Obi-Wan, th this is the time where Luke has, if you prescribe to this theory, has grown in, in power so he can commune with, with Obi-Wan more fully. Uh, and, Obi-Wan has kind of helped Luke a little bit along the way. And this is the time for a sit down talk. This is the time to truly connect and interact. Right. So mm -hmm. from that perspective, like the sit makes total sense. It would be the scene would have an entirely different power dynamic. If Obi-Wan was floating above him, like he was still the mentor. Right. Yeah. And now Obi's the ones, the one who has to tell Luke a little bit of his backstory, admit, uh, you know, a little bit of his perspective uh, and treat Luke a little bit more as an equal. Yeah, no, I love that take, especially you know, seeing him on Hoth. He's a he's a floating image. It's that. It's 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 hard to. It's surreal that I hear it, that I see it, and yeah, yeah. He, he, Luke needs to hear everything from Kenobi, and Kenobi needs to hear some things from Luke. You're right. Mm -hmm. It was time for a sit down. Uh, mm -hmm. How how are you feeling these days? Do do you like that uh, that Kenobi well, sat down? Do you like yeah. that Luke uh, understood that this was something he learned uh, from one of his Jedi masters when he's talking to Ray? Like, just have a sit down. Ghost can yeah. do it. Yeah, no, no, absolutely. No, I love it. And, and I love that some of the explanations that emerge, and speaking of it from a certain point of view, Claudia Gray's story describing uh, Qui-Gon kind of, uh, you know, uh, this is a general description of it, but rebuilding himself every time mm -hmm. in some sort of way. There's something a little bit more to it. And often I love that an old joke or an old kind of, hey, what is that going on in Star Wars becomes some wonderful explanation. And it's not a correction is that it's it's in the spirit of we all love this thing there's all potential storytelling around every corner 
And the answers can really work and add to it. And I think uh, knowing a little bit more about the force ghost process adds to some of the moments we used to uh, have experienced in the past and and the ones that are, are still forthcoming. Yeah, absolutely. If you were visited uh, by a specter of the past, would you want them to sit down? Mm, yes, I would need that. It would freak me out if they weren't. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't want them to do the stereotypical turning a chair uh, around and sitting on it backwards. That would, that would weird me out. But besides that, I'm happy to have a uh, ghost sit. Yeah. Love that. I love that idea. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much for that great power of the light side, uh, completing our Kenobi talk book ends. Uh, Ken, where can people find us? Hey, you can find us in a lot of spots on Twitter at Force Center Pod. Use the hashtag ghost sit to uh, make me grumpy. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I love it. Uh, go to Hive Social, Force Center is where you can find us there. We're on Instagram and YouTube, as we mentioned. We have a live Q&A coming up this month. We'll let you know about that soon as we get ready for Figure Fights and more in February. Facebook page is Force Center Podcast. We are on ACAST, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, uh, Google Podcasts, and more. Just search. You'll find us merch available at tpublic.com slash user slash Force Center. And you can support us directly at patreon.com slash Force Center. You can follow me at CatNapsock or go to my website, CatNapsock.com. You can link to a lot of things I do, like sports card, ASMR, pop rock, and radio. Uh, you can also uh, catch Casterly Talk or my new show, The Blathering on the Napstock Network podcast feed. Joseph, where can they find and follow you and link to all the things you do this year? Yeah. Do you record The Blathering uh, standing up or sitting down? Uh, that's a great question. Sitting down. I do record a lot of radio standing up. That's what I yeah. used to do in the old days and it feels natural and normal now. Yeah, but you sit down for the blathering. I just want to understand the emotional energy. Uh, blathering and Force Center, definitely sit down. <laughs> Check out Ken Knapsack's sit-down shows. Uh, you can find me on all the social media. I'm still on Twitter. Uh, also, Instagram, uh, TikTok, Tumblr. I'm sure I'm forgetting some other ones. Uh, all under the handle Joseph Scrimshaw. And you can check out my website or my YouTube page just by Googling Joseph Scrimshaw. More stuff coming on YouTube. Thanks to everyone who has supported me there and continues to subscribe and watch stuff. So thank you all very much. But for now, for myself, for Ken, for Kenobi in physical form and for spirit form this has been cues of the force Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. 
Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart, a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com.